Welcome to Cast Conversations, a bi-weekly podcast for school leaders by school leaders. Each of our episodes will engage practitioners and thought leaders in conversations about issues, ideas, and innovations relevant to today's busy educators. My name is Rosie O'Brien Wojtek, and I'm the current president of the Connecticut Association of Schools. Our special guest today to kick off our Cast Conversation podcast is Dr. Carissa Niehoff, the executive director of the Connecticut Association of Schools. Even though many of our listeners know or have seen Carissa, I would like to take a minute to tell you a little about this extraordinary woman sitting next to me, since there's a lot about Carissa even I didn't know until we decided to do this Cast Conversation. So Carissa, this is your life. Dr. Chris Niehoff has worked in Connecticut public education since 1989 as a teacher of physical education, health, and Latin, a K-12 wellness and exercise science department coordinator, a coach of multiple varsity sports, an athletic director, a middle school assistant principal, and a high school principal. In 2010, she was named executive director of the Connecticut Association of Schools, Connecticut Interscholastic Athletic Conference. Chris's work in education and athletics extends beyond the public school realm. She served for four years on the Education Committee of the United States Olympic Committee, acting as U.S. Delegate to International Olympic Academies in Greece and Canada, and representing the USOC at numerous national conventions, conferences, and educational programs. Carissa is currently the president-elect of the National Federation of State High School Associations Board of Directors and serves on numerous NFHS committees and task forces. She's actively involved in educational advocacy and policy development at both national and state levels alongside colleagues from multiple educational stakeholder groups. Carissa earned a Bachelor's of Science in Health and Physical Education from the University of Massachusetts, a Master's in School Health Education from Southern Connecticut State University, a sixth-year degree in Educational Leadership from Central Connecticut State University, and a Doctorate in Educational Leadership from the University of Connecticut. She's conducted numerous professional development workshops and presentations at the local, regional, and national levels in the fields of education, athletics, and leadership. She's received many accolades and has been inducted into multiple women's sports halls of fame. As executive director of CAS CIAC, Carissa is only the sixth woman in the U.S. history to lead a state high school athletic association. So Carissa, I must say, wow, what an amazing resume. We are so fortunate to have you at the helm of the Connecticut Association of Schools. It's only fitting that you are our first special guest for our bi-weekly cast conversation. So welcome. Well, thank you, Rosie, very much for the wonderful introduction. I think um, 51 years of life and many great <laughs> opportunities and wonderful people along the way have afforded me tremendous experiences and relationships and Truly, I'm, I'm blessed to serve in this position here for Connecticut. Well, we're lucky to have you, so keep doing such a great job. So I'd like to start today by asking you what's new this year at CAS. I know that you and the CAS staff have been working on several major redesigns and restructuring efforts. So let's begin by talking about what's new at CAS. Well, actually, you're absolutely on target. I think one of the things that's important for any association, especially one that's member-driven, is to constantly be asking yourself, are you doing what is mission-critical, mission-aligned, and certainly most relevant for your membership? So uh, about a year ago, we engaged our staff in a SWOT analysis, which looks at strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats 
to take a really good deep dive into who we are, what we're doing, and are we best meeting the needs of our members. And what we really came out of that experience with was underscoring the need to be most relevant, providing opportunities for principals and school leaders and schools that are best structured to meet the changing school and the changing life of a school leader, and also in terms of topics and um, information that we're really hitting on the things that our folks need to engage in, in terms of learning and collaborating. So we've developed a couple of programs that are, are new for CAS, um, for those folks that are familiar with some of our traditional leadership series and things. We've infused new topics. Um, in particular, this year with our leadership series, we're looking at socio-emotional learning as a, uh, one of a, the outcomes of a partnership with Yale and their Center for Socio-Emotional Learning. A number of things will happen at CAS within that partnership. We also are piloting an administrator induction program, which is similar in theory to the team program for teachers. We thought about what, what is there for school leaders when they become new leaders. Teachers have the team support. So we're rolling out a pilot program, an administrator induction program, looking at PD, group facilitation, special ed, difficult conversations, the achievement gap, leading for change, high quality feedback, and embedded coaching is a part of that program. So we're really excited about that. Is that taking the place of the New Leaders Academy, or is this in conjunction with that, or how does that work? Yeah, actually it's not taking the place. It's a different program specifically designed to bring new administrators into the profession throughout the year with a coaching opportunity and relationship. The New Leaders Program is still going strong, uh, which is a district-based opportunity for folks who are interested in developing leadership capacities, not necessarily pursuing building leadership, but certainly honing those skills enabling them to be influential leaders in the role that they play in their own schools. And we have seven or eight of those uh, leadership academies already planned and developed and soon to be underway. Great. So if people are interested in signing up for either of these programs, what do they need to do? Actually, get onto our website where you'll see some links to these programs and you'll see registration links or and or contact information. Um, or simply call the office number on their website and ask the question. Sign up. Okay, great. So what else is new? Well, another program that's not brand new but is growing and we want to always promote it is our executive coaching program, which now we have targeted approaches for special education leaders and directors in districts. So the coaching provision really targets those roles. We also have coaching for English language learner um, leaders and folks in districts, and those are growing. Something that's new to CAS is kind of a reflection of our thinking as a new logo. Yay. So where our organization is approaching its 100th birthday. And so... 100 years. Yeah. <laughs> and what started as a high school athletic association became a comprehensive school leadership in athletics and activities. And the logo we have now for Connecticut Association of Schools, apart from the CIAC, is decades old. So with the guidance of Jostens and Ryan Ford, one of our favorite folks. He and his staff helped us develop a new and very flashy logo that is trendy and reflects motion, and we will soon be sporting our new swag. Great. 
Anything else that's new that you want to talk about? We have some staff members who are new to the organization. Our new associate executive director for the CIAC is Greg Simon, former athletic director in Newtown, and he has hit the ground running and made a seamless transition. He is terrific. And um, under the Center for Leadership and Innovation, formerly the Principal Center, we have Jill Hale joining us to lead our elementary division, retired from the Guilford Lakes Elementary School, which was one of our award-winning schools. So Jill is bringing her expertise, her warmth, and her enthusiasm to our elementary division. And so she will thrilled. do a great job. Yes, she will. Yes, she will. Yes, Great. Okay, so um, let's talk a little bit about now because we're getting ready to start the school year and there's a lot going on at the state level here in Connecticut and I don't know anybody more knowledgeable than you for what's happening at the state. So could you just give us a report of the state of the state as you see it as of today? Sure. So I'll, and I appreciate the compliment, Rosie. I will certainly base the initial part of my response on the commissioner's back to school message which took place on August 15th and that's where the commissioner of education and her staff small but mighty team deliver a message to primarily superintendents but also invited guests like leaders of associations such as CAS and you know really I think that it's no secret everyone is very distracted right now by the lack of a state budget because of its impact on planning Really, um, you, and that really was the underlying focus of the message. It's very hard for the State Department, for organizations like ours, and certainly for our districts and schools to know what dollars are incoming so that they can be allocated towards programming and, and things schools need to do. So that's a, a very disheartening state of the state. But I will say that um, what that does do is cause us to really elevate our collaborative energies and we felt it right after the back to school event we staged a call to action which was covered by the major news media we heard voices from teachers and practitioners and our organizations all came together for a call to our legislature to enact a budget we weren't asking for more money we weren't asking for you know sweeping of monies it was simply give us a budget something we can work with Apart from that, there is tremendous positive energy around the gains that Connecticut schools have made and the continued commitment that our, our school leaders and our teachers and all of our stakeholders have to what's best for kids. And that comes out loud and clear. Amid all of this noise and discomfort, there really is a strength and commitment to getting our jobs done and, and not letting anything compromise the quality of our work. It's going to be perhaps more difficult than it's been before to do, but we know um, that our folks out there in the field are going to do their best. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're doing that every single day. Yes. Yes, gearing up. So what changes do you have happened because of the last legislative session? What should administrators, school leaders be aware of? Any changes this year that are going into effect as of July 1? Yes, there are actually. And fairly soon we'll be releasing on our website the legislative update that summarizes the changes primarily for schools and educators. But one of the very positive changes that CAS played a huge role in, and credit the voice of our principals in this, was the change to the high school graduation requirements. Moving from 25 very prescriptive credits to 25 credits enabling some uh, innovation and flexibility um, by schools to look at 
credits in the realm of humanities, in the realm of science, technology, and engineering, and math, still emphasizing fitness in the end, arts and world cultures and language, but allowing schools to apply a little more innovation, personalization, if you will, to what their programming might be. For example, our technical high schools. Those students experience educational pathway that's vastly different from our traditional comprehensive high schools. So our previous requirements didn't really acknowledge that as best as they could. We're looking at some mandate relief, little steps in that direction that's good. We're looking at accountability for the State Department to release student test scores by mid-August, which would allow folks like yourself as a principal and our educators to plan, use that student performance data um, to influence goals for the following year in a more timely manner. So we're, we're happy about that. That will be wonderful. Yes, it will. So that- continued emphasis on early childhood and continued emphasis on our state accountability system within ESSA, which you know is one of the more innovative accountability mm-hmm. systems across the nation. So exactly. we're, we're happy those were supported. Yeah. Which is a great segue into what's happening on the federal level. I know you're involved in a lot of different committees and a lot of different work out there advocating for all of the school leaders and principals and educators. What are you hearing on a federal level with ESSA? and? Yeah, so we all know that Betsy DeVos has drawn a lot of concern and attention, and yet we may not have felt immediate influence yet. So I think everyone is watching, whether we're state associations, individuals within states, our national organizations like NAESP and SSP, right there on the Hill, just advocating with all their heart and might. We're very concerned to see if there will be any sweeping of title funding to support school choice in ways that undermine our public schools and the students in those schools and the needs that have previously been defined in terms of funding allocations, so Title I funding. We don't want to see that funding be shifted now to support additional charters. Title two, three, and four. we want to see our after-school and supplemental programs for kids maintained. Title II, dollars allocated toward leadership, we want to see that maintained. The current ESSA statute, as you know, mentions the word principle over 130 times. That never has been done. We need to see that supported, our school leaders. There's a lot of suspension in D.C. right now around the president and White House activity, the international scene, our societal scene. We haven't heard a lot directly about federal legislative changes. On the state level, it's going to be a big year for Connecticut. We'll have a gubernatorial election coming up. We have no state budget. There's a lot of displeasure. We don't know what an administration shift might look like should one happen. You know, with our own legislature so evenly matched in the Senate and virtually even in the House, very difficult to have decisions with strength. And we're hoping that our ESSA plan is able to be implemented with fidelity. Um, It received initial kudos from the federal level we're concerned that the change in administration might cause it to have to be redone. But we're, we're hopeful that uh, Washington, D.C. does not undermine the good work being done here in Connecticut and the progress that we've made. And we can keep on going, which and is what we, we can need keep to. on going. Even, even though the State Department, Department of Education is so lean, do you see anything changing there or as far as helping Boy. us to get more people to right. help do quality work? 
you know, and I can't speak for anyone in that department per se, but just, you know, you watch positions from the outside in all of our state agencies through attrition or by reduction not be refilled. And in the State Department, it's some very key leadership positions that we haven't observed being filled. And, and again, I can't speak for them, but our fear is that our, our very good State Department will continue to be understaffed even more so than ever. And that impacts their work and uh, certainly their capacity. And we want to support them as much as possible. Absolutely. And thank them for all the work that they are doing. Absolutely, we do. I don't know where we would be if we didn't have them. So That's right. You talked a little bit about professional development for administrators at CAS this year. Is there anything else? Um, you talked about the new principles, but what about for veteran principles? And, you know, are there topics besides social emotional issues that CAS is looking at to provide support for administrators? Absolutely. We continue to deliver the administrator evaluation training, the calibration training, our SAT workshops, which are always filled. We have our leadership series. Each of our boards will be meeting soon, and the principals on those boards will help to define what are the most relevant issues and how can CAS structure some professional learning experiences around those issues. And really, those are organic topics, some of which are consistent year to year. But we have workshops already scheduled in the area of rigor. Um, We're looking at workshops with our partners, um, Leading for Literacy, which has already been scheduled with our partnership with CCER. We're looking at early learning workshops, early childhood workshops. So just a number of topics. And if folks get onto our website, they can see already the number of things that have been scheduled. Uh, Certainly they can uh, make suggestions and get involved on committees. Definitely get involved on committees. Absolutely, get involved. So the voice and mind are welcomed. and So stay tuned as our boards meet and define goals for the year. Our activities will be an outgrowth of those goals. Excellent, excellent. And we haven't talked about CIAC. What's happening? What are the highlights this year with CIAC? Well, as I mentioned, we hired Greg Simon, and that mm-hmm. was a highlight. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. He uh, is already making a tremendous impact on looking at streamlining our handbook, we developed a quick, quick use guide for athletic directors, which is just a compilation of our most important regulations and things that they are in contact with every day. We are promoting our athletic program evaluation again. We had a terrific year in terms of health and safety. Our concussion data, much lower than the national average for Excellent. football. Um, our sports medicine professionals in the state are, are pleased with our education of student athletes, families, and coaches. We continue to have the most rigorous coaching education requirements in the country. Our, our board of control is meeting soon to look at some new uh, considerations for our basketball tournament, uh, looking at a, a potentially a new division to deal with a longstanding concern about whether or not the schools of choice have an equitable placement in our tournaments, so we're looking at that. On the national front, our NFHS, uh, the National Federation of State High School Associations, which is kind of like the national uh, mothership, if you will, for all state associations. I was elected as president of their board of directors, which helps us to stay close. Congratulations. Thank you. It's great to have you in those positions, Yeah, thank you. That's exciting because Connecticut's voice and the New England voice is, you feel like you're more 
immediately in touch with right. what the national thinking might be. But our sport association is strong. Our numbers are higher than ever. It's great to see girls absolutely um, higher than ever. Our, our fastest growing sports, believe it or not, girls volleyball. Wonderful. And it surpassed basketball, actually, really? in terms of participation and uh, lacrosse on both sides. So we're oh, really cool. excited to see growth. And final piece of great news, we have the highest number of three-sport athletes ever. Wow. So when you're concerned about overuse and specialization, we ran a, a quick informal analysis of what we're looking at there, and we have more three-sport athletes ever in Connecticut, which is That's great. Terrific, terrific. Yeah, we're so excited. Wonderful. So one of the areas of interest that I have is student voice, and I know that we do a lot of activities for students um, through CAS. What is CAS doing in order to help increase student voice across all different disciplines? So I appreciate the question there, Rosie. We are probably more involved with students than people realize. We offer leadership programs for students at elementary, middle, and high school levels, and they're very popular. We implement the Student Advisory Board for the State Board of Education. We are the association that implements the National Honor Society organization in the state, the Student Council, speech and debate, robotics, things like that. All things that are there for kids. And that's probably something that a lot of people don't They even don't realize. realize. Yeah. And those student boards are critical in policy implementation. In fact, our student advisory council was the voice that tipped the scales on whether or not the SAT should become the state test for high schools. Interesting. And it was after hearing student mm -hmm. voice that the task force kind of said, you know, we, maybe we need to go in this direction. So kudos to the kids. We also run workshops for young men and women of color. Uh, we bring outside professionals in to empower minority students in terms of leadership and voice. We run those programs for middle and high school kids. We always are trying to capture student voice in our programming. Um, we're starting a new program this year with a gentleman named Omari Pearson, Passion to Purpose. And it's about channeling kids that are kind of not really engaged in thinking about their futures, talking about their strengths and kind of benchmarking steps towards successful transition into next steps of life. Oh, wonderful. So we're trying to help them uh, in terms of empowerment and their own confidence and belief in their futures. Is that for just high school or does it go down to middle school, elementary? We're going to do middle and high school middle students. High school. Yeah, so folks will hear more about that soon. Um, but really through the student boards at the state level, mm -hmm. that's where student voice and perspective on the academic and school experience really comes out and, and makes a, a tremendous difference. Great, great. And another program that you do for students is Unified Sports. Of we course. We didn't talk about Unified yeah. Sports. Yeah, again, that program continues to grow. Um, unfortunately, we learned recently that we won't be receiving the same federal funding. Um, That's that, unfortunate. Yeah, that really is. So DDS is, mm -hmm. is receiving less, so therefore that trickles down to program impact. But our staff here are very committed to working with schools to keep the programs growing. We're helping schools to become self-sufficient, if you will. Um, so when we, bring, we onboard somebody into one of the programs at any of the three levels, we try to give them the skills and... and knowledge to maintain the program, 
We've never seen a program go away. Athletic mm-hmm. leagues are now starting to do their own league tournaments, which oh. is great. It means our uh-huh. staff time can go to onboarding new schools. Um, so we, knock on wood, we really anticipate, you know, just thinking creatively about funding and hopefully going strong with the same momentum as we always have had with Unified. But there's nothing better for school climate and student empowerment than that program. Or for the kids. For the kids. Yeah. Yep. Which is what it's we're all tremendous. about. For the kids. Yeah. Yep. That's great. Well, we've talked a lot about things that are happening at CAS, CIAC. I've asked you a lot of questions. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you would like to make sure that everyone finds out about? Well, I think we really just invite engagement. We encourage people to bring their ideas and concerns to us. We are ready to listen. We are a nimble thinking group. We want to capture best practice that's out there. We want to know what's happening out there, where the good news is, so that we can harness that energy and those ideas and connect those people to others. And, you know, our primary goal is to find and promote good practice and camaraderie and collaboration among practitioners. It's not do what CAS tells you you need to do, but we are an agency that is member-driven, so we need to know what members need and what they're doing. So the folks that are engaged in any one of our 70 or so committees, they always come in, they say, wow, you know, I love coming here, serving with the organization because It's exciting work, but it's also a chance to engage with people like me. So the committee experience isn't just coming to a meeting. It's really engaging in the work of the profession. And we encourage people, if they're not involved, to get involved. And give us a call to find out more. Um, Exactly. I I think whenever I talk to people, it's that networking. It's so powerful to be able, because so often, especially if you're an elementary principal like me, you are your own self in your own school. And so to be able to come to CAS and talk with other people who might be elementary school principals, or they might be high school or middle school. But every time I come, I learn so much. Well, that's good to hear. And we're branching out with our technology utilization. We're going to be doing some webinars. And as you're our founding podcast (laughs) uh, hostess with the mostess. (laughs) But we're trying to be considerate of what time principals and other school leaders have. If it's 9 at night and they have 15 minutes, we'd love to have something available for them that's from CAS that they can engage in. So... We hope folks will stay tuned, give us some ideas and questions, and, you know, we're going to harness our people to maybe provide some more webinars and things that we can house on our website. Excellent. Excellent. So when you're driving and you're stuck in traffic, just turn us on, right? That's right. That's right. (laughs) It sounds good. So, Chris, it's been a pleasure talking with you today. It's hard to imagine how such a lean staff that's here at CAS is able to have such a great impact on Connecticut at both the state and the federal level. I want to make sure that we thank everyone who works at CAS along with our countless volunteers. That's all of the administrators, school leaders that are out in the trenches that come in and network and work with us all year long. We want to thank them for their time and their energy and for making a difference um, here in the state of Connecticut with what they do. So thank you so much for taking time to be here with me today. And even more, thank you so much for your leadership that you're providing to all of us through CAS for our students, for our teachers, for our schools, and for our state. Thank you. Thank you, Rosie, for being our president. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) 
Thank you for joining us for this episode of CAS Conversations. This podcast is brought to you by the Connecticut Association of Schools, serving schools and their leaders since 1935.